You guys are all amazing. So glad you're all here. I've been on Discord now for the past 15 minutes um, before um, before before we got started with the reading around before I went live on the other platforms. I love our Discord community. I want you guys to connect there. That's where that's where we're community. And I was sharing with the Discord family how I am not of uh, I'm not in the best of uh, conditions right now. I. I'm not feeling too well. I might have the flu. Now I feel like I need to quarantine from the rest of the house. I've been feeling well for the past couple of days. Part of the reason why I missed the reading rant two days ago, and then I kind of pressed through yesterday. I thought I was getting better, but now I'm back to feeling like this. So I don't know. We'll see. Um, but <clears throat> I'm glad that I'm here. I'm glad I'm here with you all. I'm glad that we got we get to spend some time together to spend it in the reading of the word. Quickly, shout out where you're located, fam. Quickly shout out where you're locally. I'll quickly shout you guys out. Yes, Fireball. Join me on Discord. Yes, join our Discord community, guys. We are crawling to 500, y'all. Oh my goodness. In a matter of weeks, we could be. I mean, we've been doing this for now. We've been on Discord for just under a month. So it's kind of cool that we've got a whole community here for me. And these are people praying for each other, encouraging each other. And if you're on Discord and you see the orange tag, those are our Patreon patrons who support us on Patreon. So I'm grateful for them. Um, I know I do Bible study with you guys, but I ask that you guys be considerate. I don't know if we're going to have Bible study today only because of just the way I feel this morning. We got Dubai in the house. Yes, it's an app called Discord. It's an app called Discord. Um, it's the Opus Freya community on Discord. Google it. You should be able to get right to it. It's discord.gg slash Opus Freya. Discord.gg slash Opus Freya. We got New Zealand in the house. We got Riverview. Oh, you're in my backyard, Riverview. Uh, <clears throat> come on, Mike. You tripping, bro. Come on, brother. Where's your orange tag? <laughs> I love Mike, man. That's my brother right there. Um, yeah, but you got to connect that, man. You tripping, okay? Uh, we got Mississippi. We got Orlando. We got Minneapolis in the house. Good to see you. We got Tampa. Wow, I got all the Tampans with me today. You guys are all in my backyard. We got we got Tobago in the house. Good to see you. North Carolina, Austin. Lombard, good to see you all. So glad you're here. Even on Discord, y'all shout yourself out. Yeah, I know, Mike. You've been a patron. You you're one of the first patrons. Uh Mike, I, I would I would call Mike one of the um one of the foundational patrons. He was one of the first guys who, who jumped on on Patreon. And I appreciate you, brother. Love you very much and love what you do. Um anyway, yeah, Mike, you 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 tripping, bro. You you just set that up. Okay. Just just set it up, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, connected. Actually, Mike was the one of the guys who inspired me to move over to Patreon. Uh, Mike was one of the guys like, hey, you should definitely get on Patreon. And so we got Atlanta in the house. Good to see you, Ray Kim. Good to see you. We got Ohio in the house. We got North Carolina, Chicago in the house, Michigan in the house. We got South Africa in the house. We have France. Good to see you, France. Good to see you. Yes, Dubai, Johannesburg, Moxville, North Carolina. We got the Dominican Republic in the house. Good to see you. So glad you're here. Please pray for me for healing. Please, please pray for a full recovery. Um, 
You guys are the ones that are brightening up my day. And I know yesterday I was like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to keep pushing forward. And then y'all got me lit. Okay. Well, maybe you guys would get me lit, but the word has a way of getting me lit. And I got lit up because again, I get excited about the word. Some of you guys are saying on discord that we are, we are not in chapter, uh, chapter seven, but we're rather in chapter six. So I want to take a look here. Uh, we read through Hosea. And now we're in Amos. And you know what? I think you're right. I think you are right, Sarah. Um, Cherie, we did not read six. I was going to skip six and keep going. So glad you guys keep me on track. So good, Cherie. Thank you. Thank you. We're, we're here. We're here. We're all here. Um, and we're going to read through six. This is the reading rant. We spend half an hour reading through scripture. We spend another half an hour uh, reflecting on scripture. I call it a rant because I've got nothing organized. I have no organized thoughts on this. I'm just here to just reflect and to spend time to think out loud. So you get to just, you know, hear me think and reflect out loud. Really, our endeavor is to engage in the word in a medit from a meditational perspective. And so um, <clears throat> what I encourage you guys to do and what I do as well is I ask three questions as I spend time in devotional reading. This is a time for Bible study. And yes, um, we do that with our patrons on Patreon. I love it. I love engaging in Bible study. I get lost in Bible study because I could spend a month and we're still on like seven verses. So guys, thank you for sticking with me, but I'm sure it's been an eye-opening experience as we've been journeying through the book of Ephesians. However, for our time when we do the read and rant, we're, we're endeavoring to read through the entire scripture, to read through the totality of scripture. And to just ask the Lord to speak to us through the reading of scripture. We're asking for the Holy Spirit to guide us and to lead us and to show us his heart, his wisdom, his mind, his plan, his will uh, regarding us, regarding the world. And so with that being said, you know, when we come together, we're, we're just, we're just, we're just spitting out whatever the Lord inspires us to spit out and to speak about. And so I know that this has been a profoundly, uh, transformative endeavor for you guys, because for many of you, you've never read through the Bible all the way through. And yet, look, guys, we've read, we're going to be done with the Old Testament probably in the next week or so. We would have completely read the Old Testament and you guys have journeyed to do that. Um, I want to also encourage you, if you are one of the new folks who are on, who've jumped on, I want to encourage you to go on, um, um, sorry, I want to encourage you to subscribe. Sorry, I'm, I'm, it's the drugs, who knows? Um, I want to encourage you to subscribe to the Read and Rant podcast. Um, subscribe to Read and Rant podcast. Download the podcast, guys. We're getting closer to two hundred thousand downloads, which is amazing. So encouraged by that. Thank you guys for joining and being a part of that. And <clears throat> and I also uh, want to encourage you to consider becoming a patron. And you can click on the link in the profile, click on the link in the bio to do so. Now. With that being said, we're going to get right into the word. We're going to pray and we're going to ask those three questions. God, what are you revealing concerning yourself? One, two, what are you revealing concerning people? And three, what are you revealing concerning me? I'd like to take a moment real quick and congratulate Mike Yates for finally getting orange. Got the orange going. Thank you so much, Mike. So glad you're here. You made it. <laughs> you made it, Mike. You made it. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm supposed to be sick. Y'all y'all ain't supposed to be making me this happy. Uh, but anyway, I, I love it, man. Mike made it, guys. Let's just give Mike a round of applause, y'all. 
<laughs> Good to see you guys. Yes. And guys, join us on Discord. Even if you want to hear CBL video, join us on Discord because after this, our family continues to have conversation. They pray for each other, encourage each other. So I want to encourage you to join us on Discord. With that being said, uh, let's spend a few moments in prayer and then we're going to get into the word asking three questions. God, are you, what are you revealing concerning yourself? Two, God, what are you revealing concerning people? Three, God, what are you revealing concerning me? Mike, you're killing me with the gifs. All right, let's pray. Father, we thank you. Uh, we thank you for the privilege that you've given us to get in your word today. Lord, I just pray that you would speak to us today. Lord, give us wisdom, insight. Lord, reveal your heart. Um, Lord, reveal our heart. <laughs> reveal, Lord God, um, what needs to be corrected, what needs to be restored. Um, reveal to us, Lord, your will and your plan. Father, let us leave here transformed, not just informed. And so, Lord, we just ask for your grace this morning. And we say that in your name we pray. Amen. Let's get to it, family. Let's get to it. Amos 6 says this, Woe to you who are at ease in Zion and trust in Mount Samaria. Notable persons in the chief nation to whom the house of Israel comes, go over to Kelna and say, and from there, and see, and from there go to Hamath the Great, then go down to Gath of the Philistines. Are you better than these kingdoms or is their territory greater than your territory? Woe to you who put far off the day of doom, who cause the seed of violence to come near, who lie on beds of ivory, stretch out on your couches, eat lambs from the flock and calves from the midst of the stall, who sing idly to the sound of string instruments and invent for themselves musical instruments like David who drink wine from bowls and anoint yourselves with the best ointments, but are not grieved for the affliction of Joseph. Therefore, they shall now go captive. At first, as the first of the captives, and those who recline at the banquet shall be removed. The Lord God has sworn by himself. The Lord God of hosts says, I abhor the pride of Jacob and hate his palaces. Therefore, I will deliver up the city and all that is in it, then I shall. Then it shall come to pass that if ten men remain in one house, they shall die. And when the relative of the dead, with one who will burn the bodies, picks up the bodies to take them out of the house, he will say to the one inside the house, Are there any more with you? Then someone will say, None. And he will say, Hold your tongue, for we dare not mention the name of the Lord. For behold, the Lord gives a command. He will break the great house into bits and a little house into pieces. Do horses run on rocks? Does one plow there with oxen? Yet you have turned justice into gall and the fruit of righteousness into wormwood. You who rejoice over Lodabar, who say, have we not taken Karnaim for ourselves by our own strength? But behold, I will raise up a nation against you, O house of Israel, says the Lord God of hosts, and they will afflict you from the entrance of Hamath to the valley of Arabah. Chapter 7. Thus the Lord God showed me. Behold, he formed locust swarms at the beginning of the late crop. Indeed, it was the late crop after the king's mowings. And so it was when they had finished eating the grass of the land that I said, 
O Lord, forgive, I pray. O Lord, that Jacob may stand, for he is small. So the Lord relented concerning this. It shall not be, says the Lord. Hmm. Thus the Lord showed me. Behold, the Lord called for the conflict by fire. And it was consumed <clears throat> the great deep and devoured the territory. Then I said, O Lord, cease, I pray. Oh, that Jacob may stand, for he is small. So the Lord relented concerning this. This also shall not be, says the Lord. Thus he showed me. Behold, the Lord stood on a wall made with a plumb line, with a plumb line in his hand. The Lord said to me, Amos, what do you see? And I said, a plumb line. The Lord said, Behold, I am setting a plumb line in the midst of the people of Israel. I will not pass by them any more. The high places of Isaac shall be desolate, and the sanctuaries of Israel shall be laid to waste. I will rise with the sword against the house of Jeroboam. Then <clears throat> Amaziah, the priest of Bethel, said to Jeroboam, the king of Israel, saying, Amos has conspired against you in the midst of the house of Israel. The land is not able to bear all his words, for thus Amos has said, Jeroboam shall die by the sword, and Israel shall surely be led away captive from their own land. Then Amaziah said to Amos, Go, you seer, flee the land of Judah, there eat bread, and there prophesy, and never again prophesy at Bethel, for it is the king's sanctuary, and it is the royal residence. Then Amos answered and said to Amaziah, I was no prophet, nor was I son of the prophet. But I was a sheep bearer and a tender sycamore fruit. And the Lord took me as I followed the flock. And the Lord said to me, go prophesy to my people Israel. Now, therefore, hear the word of the Lord. You say, do not prophesy against Israel and do not spout against the house of Isaac. Therefore, thus says the Lord, your wife shall be a harlot in the city. Your sons and daughters shall fall by the sword. Your land shall be divided by survey line and you shall die in a defiled land. And Israel shall surely be led away captive from his own land. Thus says the Lord God. Thus, are, thus the Lord God showed me, behold, a basket of summer fruit. And he said, Amos, what do you see? So I said, a basket of summer fruit. Then the Lord said to me, the end has come upon my people Israel. I will not pass by them anymore. And the songs of the temple shall be wailing in that day, says the Lord God. Many dead bodies everywhere, they shall be thrown out in silence. Hear this, you who swallow up the needy and make the poor land fail, saying, when will the new moon be passed, that we may sell grain in the Sabbath, that we may trade wheat, making the ephah small and the shekel large, falsifying the scales of deceit, and we may buy the poor for silver and the needy for a pair of sandals, even sell the bad wheat. The Lord has sworn by the pride of Jacob, surely I will never forget any of their works. Shall the land not tremble for this and everyone mourn who dwells in it? All of it shall swell like the river, heave and subside like the river of Egypt. And it shall come to pass in that day, says the Lord God that I will make the sun go down at noon, and I will darken the earth in broad daylight. I will turn your feasts into mourning and all your songs into lamentation. I will bring sackcloth on every waist and baldness on every head. 
I will make it like mourning for an only son and its end like a bitter day. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord God, that I will send a famine on the land, not a famine of bread, nor a thirst of water, but a hearing of the words of the Lord. Hmm. They shall wander from sea to sea, from north to east. They shall run to and fro seeking the word of God, but shall not find it. In that day, the fair virgins and strong men shall faint from thirst. Those who swear by the sin of Samaria, who say, as your God lives, O Dan. Mm. And as the way of Beersheba lives, they shall fall and never rise again. I saw the Lord standing by the altar and he says, strike the doorposts that the thresholds may shake. Break them on all the head, I break them on the heads of them all. I will slay the last of them with the sword. He who flees from them shall go away, and he who escapes from them shall not be delivered. Though they dig into hell, from there my hand shall take them. Though they climb up to heaven, from there I will bring them down. And though they hide themselves on top of Carmel, from there I will search and take them. Though they hide from my sight at the bottom of the sea, from there I will command the serpent, and it shall bite them. Though they go into captivity before their enemies, from there I will command the sword, and it shall slay them. I will set my eyes on them for harm and not for good. The Lord God of hosts, who touches the earth and it melts, and all who dwell there mourn, all of it swell like the river, and subside like the river of Egypt. He who builds his layers in the sky has founded his strata in the earth, who calls for the waters of the sea and pours them out of the face of the earth. The Lord is his name. Are you not like my people of Ethiopia to me, O children of Israel, says the Lord? Did I not bring up Israel from the land of Egypt, the Philistines from Kaftor and Assyrians from Kerr? Behold, the eyes of the Lord God are on the sinful kingdom, and I will destroy it from the face of the earth. Yet I will not utterly destroy the house of Jacob, says the Lord. For surely I will command, and I will sift the house of Israel among the nations as grain is sifted in a sieve. Yet not the smallest grain shall fall on the ground. All the sinners of my people shall die by the sword who say the calamity shall not overtake nor confront us. On that day, I will raise up the tabernacle of David, which has fallen down, and repair its damages. I will raise up its ruins and rebuild it as the days of old, that they may possess the remnant of Edom. And all the Gentiles who are called by my name, says the Lord, who does this thing, Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when the plowman shall overtake the reaper and the treader of grapes, him who sows seed. The mountain shall drip with sweet wine and all the hills shall flow with it. I will bring back the captives of my people, Israel. They shall build the waste cities and inhabit them. They shall plant vineyards and drink wine from them. They shall make gardens and eat fruit from them. I will plant them in their land and no longer shall they be pulled up. From the land I have given them, says the Lord.
your God. <clears throat> the the last part of this reading comes prior to the Assyrian armies taking over Israel. If you go back to First Kings, you'll read the story, I believe, in chapter 12. I could be wrong. But I believe it is in chapter 12. Be patient with me since I'm going through a flu here. So just be patient with me for a second. But if you, if you read Amos, you're reading Amos as a harbinger, a warning of what is about to happen. They see an armies in the north are going to take over northern Israel, the capital of northern Israel, Samaria. Bethel is a key city in northern Israel where the temple or one of the major temples in Israel were located. And it is there that there was the worship of uh, well, it was there that the sacrifices were to be administered. But unfortunately, it was also there that they worshipped many other gods. And these gods were the gods of the nations that we saw uh, at the beginning of this chapter. And so Amos is, Amos is prophetically speaking before the captivity of northern Israel. Remember, Israel's in the north, Judah's in the south. Samaria is the capital of Israel. Jerusalem is the capital of Judah, Judah in the south. And so Amos comes and Amos provides to us a compilation of poems. And at the end, we see here visions. Know this that Amos is not being written after the fact. Amos is being written before the fact. He's prophesying about something specific that is to transpire. There are bad days ahead. That's really what he's speaking to. He's 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 telling Israel there are going to be some ugly days ahead. And some of those ugly days are really your fault. It was your idolatry. It was your injustice that got us here. This wasn't how God planned this. I think it's the story of humanity. This wasn't God's will for humanity. This is the story of many nations. This wasn't God's will. But it's a consequence to who God is. When people ask the question, why does God allow these things to happen to Israel? I find that is a question that is rooted in pride. And why is that? Because it's almost as if we get to choose what's right and what's wrong. It's almost as if we get to determine whether God should or shouldn't do something. It's almost as if we become the arbiters of goodness and evil, right and wrong, is prideful. There are things that we will 
you know, ask questions about when re- in reality, the questions are rooted in pride. So to say that we don't understand that, you know, sometimes we can be guilty, but sometimes we see things that perplex us. It's evil. And, and, and we, we see this nation, these people who are supposed to have been chosen by God. How could they find themselves in this predicament? Like, how could this happen to them? Right? How could this happen to Israel? Anyway, this is how we're reading this. We have to read this from the perspective of the children of Israel. How can God allow these things to happen? When I think what we're really asking is, should God be God? What do I mean by that? I'm going to go slow here for a minute because it's important for you to understand this. That God can't be good for evil to exist and for there not to be consequences to it. Say that one more time. God cannot be good. And I'll take it one step further. God cannot be God if evil transpires and nothing is done about it. Are y'all hearing me, family? Some of us, what we want God to do is, is we want God to just overlook what is wrong. We want God to kind of just ignore, hey, you know what? Yeah, that, yeah that's there. Yeah. Oh, the, the rich oppressing the poor. Yeah. That, uh, yeah, I know. I know that's there. Yeah. yeah. Or, or, you know, uh, be it manipulation or whatever it may be. We, we see those things and then we go, yeah, I know that's, that's, yeah, that's not too good. But, but then again, God, we, we don't deserve this kind of punishment. Almost as if we get to judge and determine what the nature of our punishment should be, what the nature of humanity's punishment should be, what the nature of Israel's punishment should be. Since when did we get to determine that? Somehow we want God to be good for us to be evil, but for God to overlook that evil and God can't because if God does that, then he ceases to be God. Are y'all, are y'all hearing me here? If God is good, then evil cannot prevail. If God is good, there needs to be a consequence to evil. I find people often think that sin is just doing bad. Who determines that? Who determines what's good and what's bad? Well, to do evil is to be bad. Or you'll hear people say, well, I'm going to be the best person that I can be. I believe what I just need to do is just do the most good and the least bad. Yeah, of course. That's what God's plan is for us to do good. Yeah. But it's funny how we have this new religion. It's the anti-religion, but it's not a religion that is a religion. It's the one that says, you know, I don't want to be Christian or any of that other stuff. I'm spiritual, but I'm not Christian. I think that what I'm really called to do is just to do the most good and to do the least amount of bad. My question for you is, is what's good? But what does it mean to do good? And what's bad? And who gets determined that? How do I know that 
your good isn't someone else's bad and someone else's bad is your good. That's the problem because a lot of us, we still want to live our truth and just do the best good that we can when really we don't know what is good. We don't know what is bad. We all want to be our own kings, doing what is right in our own eyes. But what does the Bible say? It says that in the end, it leads to destruction. This is the problem that we have today. We want to be our own gods. And in doing so, we create more evil than can ever be. Because the evil is in our own heart. So we don't follow our heart. Until you follow your heart. Follow your heart. You ever heard that one? Follow your heart. Yes, follow your heart's desire. Ever heard that? Here's the problem with that. If we're biblically centered now, the problem with following your heart is, is that the heart is deceitful. And it says that the heart is deceitful above all things. So actually following your heart is actually you willingly choosing to deceive yourself. Because the heart deceives. But oh, we want to follow our own interests and our own desire. We have our own morality, not realizing that all the wickedness comes from the fact that our desires don't lead to good. In the end, it leads to destruction. So then what do we follow? We follow Christ. And sometimes what we follow doesn't necessarily lead to what we desire, and yet it is what is best. Israel didn't need to follow their heart. They had the voice of God. Israel didn't need to follow their heart. They had the law given to them that revealed to them the heart of God. Israel had heard clearly from God. But Israel chose the voice of the prevailing culture over the voice of God. Israel chose to live as the other cultures over the voice of God. And in doing so, Israel performed as much evil, if not more, than those neighboring nations. Israel was at the center of it all. And now God's got to deal with that. This is the reality of humanity, is that God has to deal in order for God to be God. There must be judgment over mankind's evil. Sin is not doing bad. Sin is deviating from the will of God. And yet, if you deviate from the will of God, choosing your heart over God's heart, in the end, it leads to destruction. Family, have you ever noticed there was a time in your life, you might have had a season where you were like, man, I wanted this so bad. You know, that guy in your life that you wanted so bad or that, that lady that you wanted so bad, or maybe it was that job that you wanted so bad, or maybe that college that you wanted to go to so bad, or that degree that you wanted to go, you wanted it so bad, so bad, so bad. And then later on down the line, you realize, man, that thing that I desired, it was best for me not to have gotten it. Has anybody been thanking God for the things that you desire that you didn't get? Yeah, give God praise for that. The stuff that you prayed for that you didn't get because your heart wanted it, but God knew what was better for you than you did for yourself. So here's the question then. 
if your desire at the time wasn't what was best for you, can you trust your desire right now in this moment? And could it be that God's not going to give you the desires of your heart? He's going to put his desires in your heart. Are y'all hearing me, family? Israel is good at being what the other nations are. Israel's good at being influenced and, and Israel's really good at, 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 at worshiping the other gods while still worshiping their God on the side. But Israel's not in alignment with the heart of God and now God has to deal with this. He's got to deal with this because he's God. Here's one more thing I'll say. Is that there's a weight and a responsibility that comes with having God's name on you. There is a weight and a responsibility that comes with the identity of Christ on your life. That is, that with great power, you know, they say in Superman comes great responsibility. And yet, even in the life of the believer, there's a great responsibility. You ever noticed, and this is for the Christians out there, you ever noticed that you could do the same thing somebody else does, but you suffer greater consequences than you commit the same sins as somebody else, but somehow you're suffering more for it. You ever notice that there's greater consequence for you? The reason why there's greater consequence for you is because there's a greater calling over your life. The reason why there's a greater consequence for you is because there's a greater responsibility. That if God says, I'm going to shine on you and I'm going to put my light on you and I'm going to put my face on you, that everybody will see me in you, there are things that others will get away with that you won't be able to. Because at the end of the day, God has called you to be his ambassador. He's called you to carry his banner. So when you fall astray, don't get it twisted. God's love is going to get you touched sometimes. And that's why often we get into this situation where we get caught up in stuff and we go, man, goodness gracious, how, how did this happen? <laughs> like, I mean, I can't, I can't get away with nothing. Well, thank God for that. Thank God for thank God for that. Because if you got away with it, you would never be close to him. <laughs> Israel's not going to get away with it. Because God has his name on his people. You ever been to the mall and you see this one kid acting up, just acting up. And you just kind of just look at that kid, you know, and I know every parent knows your kid is all of our kids have done it at some point or another. But you see that one kid, you just look at that kid. You might even look judgmentally like with that steak face. Like, oh, my gosh, somebody go and get that kid. You ever thought about that? But you never did anything about it. You just looked at them, judged them, but never actually addressed them. Because they're not yours. It's the parent who sees the kid and has to address it because that parent has their name on that child. That child carries their DNA. That child carries their identity. So that parent has to address them. 
You see, if those who love you don't punish you, they ever really loved you. But those who identify themselves with you are going to address you because they have themselves in you. And that's how God is with us. God sees us and sees himself in us and can allow us to be anything other than himself, which is why he corrects us. People think God punishes because he's angry, not realizing God's punishing to align. God has to deal with it because of who he is. I'm sorry, I spent too much time on that, but I need people to understand that because we say, well, God can't be loving. Well, God is loving. It's his love that's the reason why he does this. <laughs> it's his love that he has to bring judgment because God has to continually to be God. It's the NyQuil, y'all. It's the NyQuil. So we see Israel here and all these warnings are being placed. And now we read in chapter six, these warnings on Zion. We see now these visions of of the locusts and the, the, the scorching, consuming fire. And then we see the vision of the plumb line. And we say, man, God is really punishing these folks. Then we see the vision of the rotten fruit. And so now we see that this, this, is, this isn't pretty, but this all came prior to what was going to transpire. Israel was going to be taken over by the Assyrians. And then we read already in Ezekiel that the, that the Assyrians were actually called by God to bring the judgment and the justice of God. Wiped out Israel. People were going to die. The nation was going to lose its land. People were going to be in captivity. They would be scattered all about the world. And even with these words of judgment, what I love about this text is it doesn't stay there. While God is bringing judgment because he is God, while God is bringing justice because he is God, God is also bringing restoration. Notice that even though all these things are coming, he says right at the end that on that day, verse 11, I will raise up the tabernacle of David, which has fallen down and repair its damages. I will raise up its ruins and rebuild it as days of old, that they may possess the remnant of Edom and all the Gentiles who are called by my name. I'm sorry. I don't know if y'all caught that. Did it say, did y'all see where it's, does it say Gentiles called by my name? Oh, so this is not just a Hebrew thing. <coughs> Hebrew Israelites. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just, I'm, hopefully y'all, y'all. Okay. I'm just, maybe for those of you, you might want to just highlight that, you know, when folks come at you and say they're the chosen people. Wait, but the Gentiles were also called by his name. Never mind. Um, and he says, says the Lord who does this thing. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when the plowman shall overtake the reaper and the treader of the grapes. Him who sows seeds, the mountain shall drip of sweet wine 
everything that has been broken will be restored. Everything that has been broken will be brought back to life. Everything that was dead is going to illuminate once again. There will be gardens. He says, I will plant them in their land. No longer shall they be pulled up from the land I have given them, says the Lord. This is not the end. That's what he's saying. He's saying God's going to punish. He's going to set things right because he's a righteous God. But in the me in the matter in which he is setting things right, he's going to also bring restoration. God is not in the business of being right. He's in the business of restoring. He's in the business of restoration. And for many of us, when we go through those seasons, we think that God is just punishing for the sake of punishing, not realizing that God is in the business of bringing restoration back to humanity. There is a kingdom that is coming. And this kingdom will not look like all the kingdoms that we've seen. This kingdom will not be a kingdom of, of, of influence and of control. This kingdom will not be a kingdom in which the poor oppress are oppressed by the rich. This is not going to be a kingdom where one race pits up against another, where nation comes against nation. This will not be a kingdom where race will come against race or ethnicity will come up against ethnicity. Those are the world's kingdoms. Those are the cultural kingdoms. We, we shouldn't be surprised by the fact that racism exists. We shouldn't be surprised by the fact that we see all this disagreement. We shouldn't be surprised that Christian Democrats can't even, can't even dwell and dine with Democrat, Democratic, Demo, oh, sorry, with, with, with Democratic Christians and, 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 and Republican Christians. We shouldn't be surprised that even churches, black folk and white folk can't be together. We shouldn't be surprised by any of that because even inside of the temple and even inside of the institutions and even inside of the structures, there are powers at be that look to divide, that look to kill, that look to destroy. And yet it is the culture of the time, the, the culture of the moment. It is the historical bringing down from generation to generation to generation. Some of the things that were not really driven by the heart of Christ, but rather by the power and the influence of man. And what he's saying here is there's a day when all that's going to be torn down, where all the institutions will be pulled down. The temple, notice what he prophesied over. He prophesied over the temple being torn down. What was holding the temple up? It was the culture of the time. It was the culture of the moment. And yet as the temple breaks down, understand the temple is breaking down because the idols are being taken apart and toppled. It, so, sorry, let me, let me just take a quick pause real quick. I want you guys to notice that when he speaks about the tearing down of the temple in Bethel, he's talking about the toppling of idols. Why is it that the toppling of the idols causes the temple to fall? It's because it's the idols that have been holding the temple up. And because the idols are the ones that have been holding the temple up, if you knock down the idols, you may knock down the institution.
There's a reason why there are those right now that are still holding on to some of these demonic ideologies, to some of these demonic influences, because what holds them up is actually their politics, not Christ. What holds them up is their racism, not Christ. What holds them up is their ethnocentrism, not Christ. What holds them up is their identities outside of Christ. What holds them up is all of that. And because all of that is what holds them up, when those things get toppled down, the institution falls down. This is why they're holding on to these things. They're holding on to these things because their institutions cannot be held up if these idols aren't held up. But when all those things get toppled down, there's a rebuilding that's going to happen. There's a restoration that's going to happen where it will not be centered around ideologies. It will not be centered around any type of ethnocentricities, but rather it will be on Christ. Behold, the days are coming when the plowman shall overtake the reaper and the treader of grates, that one, him who sows seeds, and, and the mountain shall drip with sweet wine, and the hill shall flow with it. He says, I will bring back the captives, my people Israel. They shall build the waste cities and inhabit them again. They shall plant vineyards and drink wine from them. They shall also make gardens and eat fruit from them. I will plant them in their land. And no longer shall they be pulled up from the land I have given them, says the Lord your God. There's a reason why the kingdom of God has the imagery of a garden. That's why he began with a garden. This is why he saved humanity at a garden. And it is a restoration in the garden, a new Eden. And notice that in this new Eden, this kingdom, people are planted in the land. Here's a fun thought. And then I'm done because I'm getting lit and Thank the Lord that he gave me strength to do this, especially when I f feel like a flu is taking over me here. <laughs> you notice that in Genesis, that the Garden of Eden wasn't finalized until a human was planted in it. He put the man in the garden to tend it and to keep it. The human was planted in the land. And it was there that the land began to flourish. It was Eden. And now he's saying, I'm not just planting one human. but I'm planting a whole people and I will plant them in their land and no longer shall they be pulled up. No longer will they be pulled out. In this new Eden, it will, Eden, it will be permanent. Permanent. If there's anything that we learn from the book of Amos, is we learn that God's righteousness 
requires him to address the evil in the world. But God's love compels him to find the means in which to restore humanity as he addresses the evil in the world. God is making things right. We know how God addresses this, and this is what Israel is waiting for. Israel doesn't know what we know. <laughs> Amos doesn't know what we know. Amos doesn't have what we have. We have something better than Amos. We don't have just a promise. We have a promise fulfilled. Amos doesn't have Christ who addressed all the evil in the world. Amos doesn't have the redemption and restoration of all of humanity in Christ. Amos ain't got what we got. We have something better than Amos. And yet, because we have something better than Amos, we can wait and anticipate what Amos is waiting and anticipating for. And we can wait and anticipate it with more confidence, knowing that the debt of evil in the world has already been paid. Evil, all evil has already been paid for. God, who is the righteous judge, already performed judgment and justice in Jesus. And now, behold, the days are coming, says the Lord. So the days are coming. But his justice has already been fulfilled. And now we get to witness God's long-term plan and we get to not just witness it but get to be a part of it so let's not be Israel let's not be the Israel who follows like the world follows let's not be the Israel that lives the way Everybody else lives. Let's not be Israel who just follows, you know, what the pundits say on the news, what the commentators say on the news. Let's not be Israel who just chases what culture chases. Let's not be Israel who sit around Twitter beefing with everybody. Let's not be Israel who all we do is get into arguments over things that God doesn't actually care about <laughs> and for things that don't actually represent him, but rather just represent our comfort, our power, and our influence. There's a new Israel. There's a new nation. One that will be restored Behold, the days are coming. Love y'all, fam. Father, I thank you as we close out today, Lord. Let's be reminded of your righteousness and let us be reminded of your justice. Let us be reminded of your love and let us be reminded of your mercy. Father, let us be reminded 
that righteousness is not just in the words, but it's in our actions. Let's be reminded that we were called to love one another, to care for one another, but also, Lord God, to defend those who are defenseless, to speak for those who are who cannot speak, Lord. Let us also be reminded, not only are we to be restored in our relationship with one another, but that we're called to actively engage in the coming of your kingdom. So bless us today. Bless each and every person today, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that even in the midst of all this, Lord, there's hope. Even in the midst of all this, with all the ugliness that we see in the world, there's still hope. And so we give you praise and glory for it. We say that in Jesus' name. Amen. Guys, we're Noah Amos. We're going to finish Obadiah. Um, I will let you guys know by noon, okay, how I'm feeling. I'm going to go lay down again. <laughs> uh, I'm going to lay down again. I hope to feel better. Uh, I'm going to sweat it out. Uh, I just, I'm, I fear that I have the flu. I got the sweats. I don't know if you guys can see the sweat. I got the sweats. I have, um, I'm, I'm just sore throat, everything. And then on top of that, I've got, I still have terrible pain. Um, and now I'm getting chills, and body aches. So I, I, this is not a good sign. Um, but I love you guys. Sherm, good to see you, man. I see you jumping back and forth. But, uh, I hope to see you guys. I will be hydrating and we'll, we'll see. We'll see. I, you know, again, I'm, I'm, I'm going to pace myself today. Hopefully I don't, I don't, um, exhaust myself and, um, and then we'll see where it goes, but I love y'all fam. I want to encourage you if you're here to join our discord community, y'all join our discord community. I want to encourage you right now. Okay. Um, Join our Discord community is discord.gg slash opus frere. I want to encourage you to do that. Also, text us at 954-231-1848. 954-231-1848. I want to encourage you to do that. And also, pray about becoming a patron. We're getting closer to our goal, but we're not there yet. So I want you guys to pray about that. Pray to become a patron on Patreon. It's patreon.com slash Isaac Frere. Patreon.com slash Isaac Frere. Consider becoming a patron. Your support is what makes all this possible. It's because of your support. I'm here. There was a time where I used to do this on my way to go and teach a class at, at FAU, at Florida Atlantic University. And um, and so it's a long, we're a long way from that. So if you hear our earlier episodes of the Read and Read podcast and you notice that the audio sounds really funny and really, really weird, it's because I was actually recording it in my car before I walked into class. So I'm grateful for all of you who supported because it's opened the doors for us to do this. It's your support that has opened the doors for me to do regular Bible studies. I wouldn't be doing Bible study today. I don't know how I feel, but uh, how I'm going to feel later. Sorry. Uh, Marcia remembers when I was in the car. Yes, yeah, see, she remembers when I was in the car right before I went to class. I was, I was like, okay, guys, got to go to class. Peace out. I'm out. Um, yes, I am in Tampa. And we're planting a church in Tampa. I'll be posting a link about that so you guys can get information about that. Um, you guys can can pray for us as we navigate through this next season, trusting in God for what he's going to be doing in Tampa. And so 
Uh, but yeah, good old days, right? The good old days. So glad. Thank you for your support, Evelyn. Um, thank you all for your support. Even on Discord right now, we're almost at the 500 mark. And I see all the orange tags. See all the names in orange? Those are all our patrons, y'all. And I'm grateful for all of you. Thankful for all of you. You guys are lit, too. Our, our Discord is lit. And, and we get to... Um, um, we get to continue our conversation. So even if I get off right now, you get to continue this with folks on Discord. See that? That's where we, this is where we, this is the after party. Discord is the after party. And sometimes I stay on, even after I get off on here, I stay on with the Discord folk and chill and vibe for a little bit. I'll stay on with you guys for a little bit um, after this on Discord. But I love y'all. See you guys uh, prayerfully. See you guys tomorrow, all right? The Discord is Opus Frere, O-P-U-S-F-R-E-R-E. -E. I love y'all. God bless you guys. Peace out.